seems cold and bleak and you just can't take it anymore. Here it comes, that glimmer of hope, a light shines through the dark. It's a hopeless show, with Aaron and Rohit Woe. It's a hopeless show, with Aaron and Rohit Woe. Here we are, February. We have a great guest on The Hopeless Show today, episode 99. We've done 99 of these things. 99, 99 episodes. That's... And 99, it's a, it's a big number. It's, it's a big number. Uh, I don't know it's... why. It just sounds cool. I mean, it is cool because Wayne Gretzky wore number 99. And we have a guest today who, Aaron, you're going to introduce in a second, who happens to be wearing a New York Rangers hat. So I think this the, Who also, I think his right favorite there. baseball player is 99. Um, we'll, we'll get to that with him, but his, uh, Aaron judge on the Yankees. So we have a big theme today. It is the theme is freaking out, freaking out. Why? Well, we'll freak out for you and we'll show you. But in the meantime, Ro, what's been going on with you? What'd you do this weekend? Oh man. Well, uh, this weekend had a very, very incredible, uh, romantic dinner with Ina at a place called pasta bar. We had to go all the way out to Encino. California, which is not necessarily in normal LA. It's like in the Valley. I, I um, just, we got to stop real quick. The, so restaurants, you know, even Burger King, like, all right, like they, they did burger and then King. So it's a little clever, but this place is an expensive, fancy restaurant that you had to drive far away from. And like, after thinking and thinking and probably having like consult, like consulting agencies to figure out what they're going to name this place, they came up with pasta bar not even just that but there's a line you know like that long tall line that you sometimes see as a divider it's got that between the two yes um so yeah that's pasta bar it's uh, <laughs> it's been open since 2021 and in both 21 and 22 they got michelin stars um and it was an incredible experience then um i know we're gonna get to it you know i i worked on my uh you know we're gonna get to our big you know opening topic um but yeah that all led up to, you know, Sunday night, what we watched on TV. But yeah, I built I built my Harry Potter Hogwarts Lego castle. I reinstalled a new dashboard camera on the Subaru. You know, did lots of good shit. But yeah, it really all boiled down to Sunday night. Sunday you? night. So, uh, and before we get to uh, to our guest to chime in, um, Sunday night was a, a big night for the entertainment industry, for the music industry. And... I think for eyeballs around the globe, but I want to preface this night that we're talking about so that we don't lose people. And, and here's the thing. So the Grammy, we're talking about the Grammys, the Grammy awards for the recording industry for best music. And I feel that people who just listen to the news, let's say, especially more on the right wing side, and they generalize what people in Los Angeles are like. And then if they watched the Grammys, they would definitely get a sense of what people in Los Angeles and people in on the left or people in California, people are like. And I just want to say, just like everyone, like in the in the other on, on in the other in the in the crossover states, people are not um, all just gun toting, bird uh, game shooting, truck driving, 
uh, drawl talking. I don't know. I'm doing all the generalizations. Everyone, like we are not all what you saw on the Grammys. So I just want to want to want to say before we talk a little more about this that just like today I'm not wearing um, a dress. I'm not. I'm actually wearing a, a, a sweatpants that I, I realize have a hole in them. So I'm not wearing a dress. I'm not doing that. Like we're not all that. And I, I just prefacing that because I think people generalize when they see a show like the Grammys that everyone out here is like what you're seeing on TV at one event. It's not, we're not all like that. Not that there's anything wrong with being like that, but we're not all like that. There's a big gray area and that's one one part yeah i would say last night's grammys um (laughs) my god uh and we're gonna get into this um could possibly be like the gop's best recruiting tool that they have ever had (laughs) and it was something and this is you know coming from two coastal boys that you know we're generally uh you know, we're, I'd say we're, we're, we're pretty liberal in many ways. But, yeah, there was some big comedy last night. Um, but is it time to introduce our guest it, so we can have this 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 disjoint discussion? So so our guest really needs no introduction, <laughs> but we're, but we're going to give him one. Uh, he is a friend of the show. He's been on the show before. I had that phrase, too, friend of the show. Like, <laughs> like do you, like, add... Or, yeah, whatever You're, he, he's been on the show before he's a he's on the tv show ncis hawaii and he is also it was just in the sundance uh jury winning movie that was called that it's uh called mark what the, the movie <laughs> dude it's i'm first of all thanks for having me i'm so honored that you would do so much research into <laughs> My work and my resume prior to my appearance on your show. I like that. I'm really impressed you remembered my name. Good job there, too. <laughs> Mark Gester. It's a thousand. What was it called? A thousand, a thousand and one. A thousand and one. All right. Yeah. Uh, he, he Again, he is a co-star in the Sundance jury winning a thousand and one. He's been in many great things, but you should check him out. Definitely on the NCIS show. It is. He is NCIS Hawaii. He's fantastic. But Mark, welcome to the show. Thank thanks, you for guys. being here. Yay. Thanks, thanks for having me. Mark's here. I'm here, Rohit. It's about damn time. Yes, it is. As Lizzo might say. Yes, yes. As she oh, did say. See what I did there? Yes, yes. What a segue. Yeah. So, you guys are welcome. Um, as was evidenced possibly by Aaron and I's, uh, Aaron's and my uh, sort of initial words, because we're about to get into it. Um, did you get a chance to watch the Grammys? So n- the short answer to your question is no. But it's I have a reason for it, and I also watch clips, so it's not entirely as though I'm I'm under a rock here. I don't like award shows very much. They put me in a uh, very impatient, and I think unhealthy headspace yeah. around my career. Like it looks like so much fun, and I want to do it, and it, like I have some I feel some kind of way about the fact that I don't get to, and so I just completely avoid it as a uh, self care measure. However, I am not above watching. Uh, uh, artfully appointed clips the next day of Trevor Noah's brilliance. You know, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I kind of get it. It's it's like it's like, hey, wait, these are your peers. They're all here. Yeah. Why can't I be fucking there? What the hell? Yeah, there's a what little there's me? a little tiny part of me that that can't. And the Grammys are better than than I'd say the Emmys. The Emmys really just or the Golden Globes. Oh God, the SAG Awards. Oh, the SAG Awards. 
Mm. Oh, I just I can't wait until that's part of my career. It's going to be really fun. And in the meantime, I'm just going to avoid it because it hurts too much to watch. <laughs> well, when you get there, the, you have to remember us and still come back to our show. All right. Well, how about this? I'll make you a deal. I'll remember you when I get there if you remember me if I don't. How about that? <laughs> All right. All right. I'll make deal. a promise. Shake I'll make it. a promise <laughs> that what, whatever you win when you're on the Emmys for winning, I'll remember the name of the yeah. show. <laughs> and, and you know, and Aaron and I will remember Matt Gessner. Matt Gessner. <laughs> right. It's like, ah, eh, close enough. Yeah. yeah. Well, well, speaking of, so Mark, what, um, from the clips, before we get into it, and yeah. a little bit of the introduction that I was saying. Yeah. What, what was your, what was your takeaway from, from the Grammys? First of all, um, you know, I don't care at all. I say wear wear the most ridiculous stuff you want to wear. It's a fun, ridiculous, joyful event. And if um, I don't want to lose any of your audience, but anybody that can't handle people that are dressed kind of funky or have crazy hair or something, it's like, well, lighten up. It's a silly award show. It's fine. It's great. And some of these artists are absolutely magnificent. But my favorite clip that I saw was uh, Trevor Noah talking to Taylor Swift and uh, talking about like sicking her fan base on the egg farmers, like keep the prices of eggs down. That cracked me up. Yeah. <laughs> I thought that was really funny. Yeah. Cause I... she is, she is like between that and like the, the, you know, the streaming fees back in the day. Do you remember that when she like took a stand against giving her music away for free? Mm -hmm. And she, she is like a force of nature. That person, she's just a incredible, incredible uh, artist. I think. And took down Ticketmaster. I love that. Ticketmaster yes. sucks. Yes. They're extortionists. And yes. Ticketmaster can, belongs in an underwater jail. That's where Ticketmaster <laughs> yeah. belongs. Where they can't get an With... internet connection to scam me out of, you know, 40% fees on Ranger tickets. It's Yeah, not fair. Yeah. Ticketmaster is, is just... It's, Bite me, Ticketmaster. Yeah. yeah. And they, you... Unless you're hiring for like a voice of or something, in which case we could probably talk again, but... I remember in the meantime, <laughs> then you'll do the it. 90s. Yeah, I'll do it. I'll be the VO for it, but I'm not going to be happy about it. Do you, mean, do you guys remember the nineties when like Pearl Jam was like going on their, their sort of crusade against Ticketmaster? Because back then for, you know, a $30 oh, yeah. ticket, uh Ticketmaster was charging like $5 in fees and people were like, that's crazy. Now yeah. you can't get into anywhere for less than 80 bucks. And then you'll pay yeah. $55 of Ticketmaster fees on top of that $80. And it's an like, absolute joke. It's so ridiculous. And I love that they, they were so egregious with it this time that even the Republican house is like, okay, that's a little much people. That's a <laughs> yeah. little much. It's time to expand government to take this company yeah. down. You're like, are we the baddies? <laughs> yeah. Are we the baddies? <laughs> um, so okay, cool. So let's 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 talk about this. I mean, we mentioned Trevor Noah, who, in my opinion, was possibly one of the few highlights of this absolutely unmitigated four-hour disaster. And <laughs> people were not happy. I I, it, I was aware of the buzz. Yeah, it was for me personally. I don't know about you guys. It was a pure hate watch. Um, I <laughs> like I actually like even for me. I'm not an actor. And I'm not necessarily like I'm not really in the industry as much, but I feel like awards shows for art is is almost it's it's kind of 
a confusing concept as it is. And even when Harry Styles, and we're going to get to this, Harry Styles won for best album. He even addressed it. He's like, we're not in the studio recording something that's coming out of our fucking hearts and like kind of like really stuff arriving with to see, is this going to win me an award? No, we're kind of trying to make amazing music that makes people dance, makes people feel good and makes yeah. me feel good. Like, I think that's like the true, what, what actors, what filmmakers, what musicians, what painters and all that they do. It's, you don't do it to win awards. You do it to express you yourself don't. and to like make something that makes other people feel something. And, yeah, I, right. I I like that. I, yeah. I I like what you just said. I think that's really smart. I think that the uh, that to the extent that the awards show or the awards ceremony or the process in general is about the celebration of amazing music, that's all well and good. But the second, to your point, the second that people start writing, you know, w- with PR in mind or something, that's I feel like pretty bad. Yeah, and, and it's also and like, it's definitely the case. I think in a lot of music, I mean, people are writing. I don't know. But I like I like what Harry Styles said. It's great, and also like, and actually, you know, I'm just gonna go out of time order because this kind of really upset me after because I want I wanted Harry Styles to win that award at the end because you know Aaron and I even went to go see Harry Styles um, earlier or, or later last year when he did his Harry's house tour in L.A. Um, and that was amazing. Um, we went from like that dude spends his all his days surfing on a hundred foot tall wave of adulation from a fan base that feels lucky to be alive at the same time that he is while he's making this music. It's, I think that that is not an overstatement. No, I think it, that people love him more than most people love anything, which is actually, and I mean, he's, and he still comes off cool and yeah. like not, yeah. not absurd. Like humble and he shit. seems like a deeply kind guy. Like, I feel like if there's any, if he has regrets, I bet you that it's, that he can't do more of those little things that we always see on like Instagram of him, you know, letting somebody sing or, or, you know, doing a marriage proposal from someone in the crowd or so. Like, I think he probably like he lives for that stuff. He seems He's, like a super good dude. Dude knows how to work a crowd. And yes, he sure does. And, you know, it actually kind of it actually segues even better into the one thing. I'm watching this and I, I was like seeing a trending topic. The number one trending topic I saw on Twitter last night was robbed all caps after the yeah. final award. And I went to click on it and there's this top trending video. And it's someone that was attending the Grammys, sitting kind of in the top back area and on you know, the upper deck. And they're like, people Ernest are leaving Owens. right now. Ernest Owens is Ernest his name. Owens, yes, a... thank you. And this whole video is him screaming. When Harry's actually saying this thing, it's like, listen, this is this this belongs to all the artists that were nominated. Really something really it's really sweet. And this guy's yelling, Beyonce should have won. Blah, 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 blah. And like the classless sort of like when this guy is actually saying the classiest thing and it got me thinking i was like dude is there any artist or any person on the planet right now and you mentioned harry styles but is, that is more deified in the most uncomfortable way than beyonce like look at even how trevor Noah was doing the intros and everybody's like think about every beyonce beyonce's every single interaction she has with the public everyone who's ever interviewed is like <gasps> Like they're like hyperventilating, like, oh my god, she's the goddess, she's a queen, she's a queen. And don't get me wrong, Beyonce is, I think, one of the most talented artists we'll ever see. And she's incredible. But like the amount of deification that is put upon this one woman, and when her her Bayhive, when she doesn't win an award because there's another album that's fucking great. There's a few other albums that are incredible. This fan base feels justified in their utterly classless behavior of just absolutely trying to tear down an artist that is actually giving props to Beyonce and all the other artists that are up there and giving something so, so sincere and saying it's not about winning this award, it's about making this art that makes us all feel something and, it's, and it supports us and does all this kind of shit. And to me, that was like the most kind of infuriating thing that people felt like, they were like, yeah, slay queen with all this fucking dumb retweets well, and shit like that. It, it really was upsetting me. 
Well, the the guy the the guy Ernest Owens, who's a award winning journalist. He's a, like it's not it's not just a fan. He's does he's an African American journalist from somewhere Clownland, and he's one from Philly. <laughs> Philly. Oh Mexico. yes, exactly. Well, there you go. Actually, exactly. Yeah. There you so, go. Perfect. Yeah. From Philly. Yeah. And, Damn, and he wrote. Guys, he wrote. That's uh, harsh, man. Yeah. Uh, Philly's an amazing city. They have some crazy fans, I grant you. But yes, it but, is a, a city with, that's vibrant. But also, fuck the Eagles. But anyway, continue. And yeah. also, they throw batteries a little bit, which isn't <laughs> yeah. great. Yeah, and they eat, and, it's and they eat dangerous their to be Santa feces. in that city. Yeah, and they eat horse poop. Fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, well, Ernest Owens, the guy, he said, off to the Grammys after party, I go. Industry is completely speechless. If TV award shows die after this, I wouldn't be surprised. They exploit diverse talent for ratings only for them to play these games. It's been over 20 years since a black woman won album of the year. And to to Ernest Owens, I say, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, Harry Styles won. His album's great. Beyonce put out an album. I have not heard it. Mark, what do you think of her album? I like it. Have you heard it? Yes. I listened you to have it. heard the new I album. I listened to it uh, in the interim since our conversation last. And it's very oh, good. Oh, you did? Yeah, there's actually, there's a ton of fucking bangers on the album. It's actually a really good All album. right, wait. Yeah. So can I can I offer a small, uh, a counterpoint to what yes. Aaron said? Yes. Because I, I take your, and, and first of all, let me say that Ernest Owen's choice to scream out and interrupt uh, or disrupt that moment uh, that Harry Styles was accepting that award, I think it's not a strong position to say is is pretty gross behavior. That's that's misconduct, and it's gross. Yeah. Um, now, full stop. What I would also say is, what does that woman have to do to win Album of the Year? Tell me, Tell me what she has to do, because she has put out a string of absolute home run music for 10 years she cannot miss she puts out banger after banger she is and i hear you on the deification but she didn't ask for any of that number one she definitely didn't ask for this ernest owens moron to scream from the balcony that's the last thing she would want i guarantee you if you ask her i I guarantee you she feels worse about that than anybody in that whole arena like this woman has shown an astonishing amount of class in the face of public scrutiny that defies description to your point. I mean, there's just so many, so many fans and yes, fans, particularly when they get in giant mobs and there's group think and stuff like that, people do and say ridiculous things, but I don't think that's Beyonce's fault. Number one. And I'm not saying you guys were saying that it is, it's not her fault, first of all. And secondly, she, it is egregious that a black woman has not won album of the year in two decades. That's fucking crazy. Black women put out unbelievable music that is worthy of that kind of recognition. And when it happens year after year after year that the top award doesn't go to her, and this is, of course, me understanding that she has now set the record for the number of Grammys that anyone's ever won. Like, it's not as though she's been unrecognized. But there is something that I think is weird and a little strange that she has never actually won the biggest award, right? The award that that is, like, the album of the year. That's a, an unbelievable honor that she, I believe, in the past has deserved. And she, frankly, deserved it this year. So did Harry Styles. So did everybody that was nominated. Those were That was all amazing music. But Beyonce, I think, is a cut above and has been doing it for forever. And I think that it is egregious that she's never won. That's crazy. The idea that she has never put out the album of the year is just feels false to say out loud. And I mean, she doesn't know me. 
<laughs> like it's not as though I mean I oh, Beyonce know. if you hear this I'm a huge fan, but like I I think that that's I think that that's the truth. I mean she so I'm a 40s white dude, and when I put her music on when I'm doing dishes I forget myself. I'm having such a good time. She's not writing music for me, but her music is so good that even my pasty ass can appreciate it and love <laughs> it and think that it is magnificent. So. That's yeah. that's my pitch for Beyonce having and having think, been robbed. And I think it's an important clarification you made. We're not saying that she didn't deserve it. Like no, it, of course. Yeah. I mean, Harry's House is a great album too. There's like a lot of good music that was out there, and she, you know, and she won awards in dance. She won awards in R and B. She won like lots of various awards. However, it's it seems to be from the Taylor Swift Kanye West thing, right? You know, him pulling away her, you know, storming the stage. Um, like he would have the Capitol, um, or you know, or how quaint like, does that interruption seem compared to what he's done in the <laughs> since? Yeah, yeah. It's like, right? oh well, wow, was... he interrupted Taylor Swift. It's like, yeah, but in a few years, he's going to be dining with white nationalists and Nazis. Yeah, that's like so. When, this is a little yeah. better. That's when Antonio Brown, like when he's in the Steelers, he used to get shit for like texting while talking to reporters in his locker. Like, oh, that was oh, you thought that was bad. Um, <laughs> so the uh, so I think I think we agree that Beyonce's had a really she's probably made the case a million times except for that one fucking album that was like four or five years ago maybe less where she's just like talking over music the whole time it's the most boring fucking thing I've ever heard in my life it was terrible um, I she has it. the most beautiful speaking voice I've sure. ever heard in my she entire actually, life she's actually when she's she speaking she could read the back singing. of the shampoo bottle it's great and yes. it, but I thought that album sucked but anyway um, <laughs> she's made, like, yeah yeah it's well, beautiful I mean I hate it but it's beautiful no her voice is beautiful but that album sucked yeah. anyway um, she's because she could want many times. I think to wrap up this part of the conversation or at least from my end I think it's her toxic, toxic fans that really, really put her in a pretty like tough position because she's not going to be like you're telling your fans, shut the fuck up, stop it. Um, and it's just there's I would say worse than the K-pop stands, worse than I think the Harry psychos, um, worse than the Swifties, I think is the Bayhive as the most insufferable group of music fans. Well, just besides the fan part, yeah. which I, and I hear you about that. It's also okay to have two truths at once. Yeah. And with awards and with opinion like this, Mark, what you were saying about the the fans of about how 20 years she hasn't won a uh, black woman has not won this uh this the uh, album of the year award all understandable. Also the fact that this year in this one Grammy year that more people voted and enjoyed the Harry Styles album that's also okay, and it's also really good. So right, these well, different truths. Fair enough, but can I just say that if you take, if you cherry pick one year and you take it out of the context of two decades of not having won, then fine. Like everybody, everybody on any given year who's nominated, in theory, hopefully, ideally, deserves to win, and it's it's that's why it's a surprise when they open an envelope and tell you, say who did win. Right. My point is when it's. 20 straight times of her deserving to win and not winning while other people some of whom we haven't heard from since win it's just kind of strange that's all it doesn't it doesn't pass the smell test for me i think she has deserved to win in the past and it's bullshit that she hasn't won i truly believe that i also think that she's like her body of work is astonishing well you know maybe you're right maybe it's her annoying fans that are ruining it for her i mean like every every extreme edge of of any fan base like I, I'm a huge New York Rangers fan. R- New York Ranger fans have a reputation for being horrendous and obnoxious. Aaron's a, t- uh, a Toronto Maple Leafs fan. Same thing, right? Like the worst fans are the loudest, right? Like oh yeah, the squeaky I mean, wheel and all that. 
Blue Heaven is a scary place in MSG if you're not <laughs> like a Rangers fan. Um, That's true. Or at least yeah. if you're wearing something that indicates that you're not. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, um, like blue. So, all right. So, can we move on from Beyonce <laughs> yes. to uh, Mark? And I, I know she was Rob. Let's move on. Yes. Yes. If we want to get into our, our, our some of this other before we enter our main topics, um, while we continue recapping the Grammys, did you hear anything about the fan roundtable? No, that, that <laughs> oh, I have my no God. idea about. Okay, there was three or four segments. Uh, they had about a dozen fans that you could tell. All right, they had all sorts of sexualities, genders, disabilities, like visible disabilities, and ages. It was like they went, it was, I was like, this was the moment where I was like, I couldn't watch. It was like more it went harder than the hardest episode of The Office in terms of cringe. You know, sometimes when you just Michael Scott is just talking, you're like, I can't watch the scene right now. And I'm like hyperventilating. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was that over and over. They're just like, oh, we flew in some normal fans. And why do they Wait, want it? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. This is this is the this is the part that was the worst for me about this segment. It was cringe, it was painful. It also was doing the exact opposite of what I think they were trying in their holier than thou self-righteous way with these fans of doing is they did they took the exact people that you think would be the clones of the fan of that artist and made them the person representing the fan (laughs) so like brandy carlisle's fan mark mark brandy carlisle's fan just take a guess yeah what did she look like i i mean i imagine (laughs) she looked a little like brandy carlisle she did. She looked uh, really a lot like Brandi Carlo, but even, you know, like even one one more notch of, of that, like just very like this is turned to 11. She's definitely she's definitely not a fan of any of the other artists and Lizzo, uh, her fan. And so it was it was just they it's like they think they're doing the right thing, but they're doing the wrong thing. But even more. And it just it was like. No, the show. Just get people. If you want fans, just get people. I don't need a, uh, you know, a, a Brandy Carlisle clone to be the Brandy Carlisle fan, and also, and then to be yeah, and who fucking and to be the person. Who cares what the yeah. fans think? Because it was a four-hour show, and thirty minutes of the show was dedicated to these fucking stupid-ass fans that nobody's ever seen. Nobody is a fucking shit about. I don't care that they've flown out there. This is not about the fans. This is about the they got on stage artists. at the end. Fuck you. They got on stage at the yeah. end. I wanted. To they were scream. on stage. They got on stage. They these fans, Mark, have been on stage more times for album of the year than Beyonce. <laughs> <laughs> I know what you're doing, and I don't like it. <laughs> you're, you're baiting me and uh, it's making me I'm having a rage response I want to two hand shove you as you're walking away <laughs> it was yeah, it was Ow. painful to watch and the last thing I want to bring up um, from the Grammys I actually was kind of truly thought it was offensive when they did their like you know their 75 minute long in memoriam they oh, even, I heard there was some inconsistent applause during that. Yeah, yeah. For like fucking Elvis's wife or, or daughter. Like she got a clap and we're like, whatever. She wasn't as, as accomplished with all this shit. And they actually left out Taylor Lautner. Not Taylor Lautner. Taylor um, Hawkins. Hawkins. Uh, Taylor Lautner is, they, is still well and alive. And, and, and Aaron Carter. And, and Aaron Carter. Yeah. Like glaring omissions they had people like oh this guy once picked up a piano in 1936 and we never heard from him since but they had those guys but they did not have but it, fucking 
like the drummer for Foo Fighters. And Harry Harry Styles won for Harry's house. Would there have ever been a Harry's house without without an Aaron's house? I don't think so. <laughs> Holy <laughs> shit! Whoa, bro. Whoa, bro, dude. Bro. And and one other thing with the Nostradamus, bro. And with, with the in memoriam too. At the end, the very last thing they did was they had Mick Fleetwood of Fleetwood Mac like playing the drum at the very end. And it was almost like he was prepping for next year when he's going to have his name called. It <laughs> wow. <was> so <laughs> Good um, Lord. You must feel very strong karma-wise that you can just, <laughs> you can just I love, throw no. haymakers at Fleetwood Mac. You're out of your mind. Well, no, I think I, Aaron's Jewish. He's gotten enough anti-fucking Jewish hate over the past couple of years. I think he's got Not like from a, me. Not from you, but from a bank of karma in general. I think, oh, you know, I see. Aaron, you, you, Aaron can pull from. He can. He's, he's in he's, the black. You're saying. He's not and overdrawn. Yeah. Gotcha. Big Fleetwood Mac, yeah. big Fleetwood Mac fan. Like, by all means, I hope Mick Fleetwood lives to 120. Like, really big fan. It just felt like the show, the directors yeah. of the show, the producers of the show were like, and now we're going to. And then they can just pick right up next year. It's kind of <laughs> like just, it's kind of like in a cooking show or something where somebody makes this like super ornate plate and they just keep adding stuff to it that it's fancy. So like they're adding like truffles and they're adding like all kinds of crazy stuff. And pretty soon it becomes completely unrecognizable as a dish. And the people who are judging it are like, you needed to edit half this off and then do a few things really, really well and show technique and presentation instead of covering the plate with nonsense where I can't taste anything because I'm busy tasting everything. It feels like that. That's kind of like how this show was. That was what the, that was what this show that, that is a great, um, look, pasta bar would never make a dish like this. No, Michelin star is, it's very frequent, frequently they're obsessed with simplicity. Yes, 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 very much so. That's a perfect segue. There we go. Now we are out of the Grammys. Yes. And we are moving into a brand new segment, a short segment. Just before you say brand- it, can I just say this is two awesome segues in a row? I just want to say. <laughs> Thank you. That's what we do. That's what we do. That's what we do. It's on The Hopeless Show. It is smooth. It is eloquent. And it is right into MAGA Monday. So MAGA Monday, a new a new segment on the show, doesn't necessarily take place on Monday. It's just the only letter in the, the days of the week that has an M. So it is Ma- MAGA Monday. And for today's MAGA Monday segment, I am going to bring up, and Mark, if you haven't uh, listened to the show in a little bit, uh, my, per- my current favorite politician is George Santos. Oh, my God. The... the uh, the Andy Warhol of politics, the Andy Warhol of our time, the 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 prankster of all pranksters, and I am just amazed that this man, who is who I agree on on basically nothing with, but the fact that he is in he is in office, he is one of 435 congressmen in office. He has power, he has a vote, and he has nothing to say that is true. And I respect that. And the fact that he got to where he did with nothing, with nothing of truth is amazing. And so for MAGA Monday this week, I want to add what what George Santos came out over the weekend and said that he did. That I think it just he keeps one upping. This man keeps one upping his brilliance. And so. Without, without, you know, I'm, I'm not even going to guess. George Santos <laughs> said that he produced the ill-fated Spider-Man musical on Broadway. 
Yeah, he told he told a donor he was a producer of that show. And then uh, and and then I think it was the New York Times. They were like, this turned out not to be the case. Yeah. Didn't somebody <laughs> die you in think? that Broadway thing? Yeah. Or got got very badly injured, I think. It was Jesus. like a harness got, failure. And it was it's considered yeah. one of the biggest bombs in Broadway history. But the fact that George Santos said that he was a producer of that <laughs> like he could have said cats. He could have said the yeah. Lion King. Like Yeah, he could have like he could have said, you know, uh Oklahoma. Yeah. yeah, I mean, of course, you know, all right, you probably weren't alive, George Santos, but he could have said that. He could have done anything, but he went Spider-Man. Yeah, it's not true at all. Not true at all. So I just, for this MAGA Monday, I want to honor um, honor great things in the MAGA universe. And to me, George Santos is uh, is person number one right now. I respect, I respect the fact that he holds no bounds. He just goes for it. And he doesn't stop, and I cannot wait to see what he has next. Mark, do you have any thoughts or Rohit? Uh, I really do, yeah. <laughs> I, have, yes. I have a lot of thoughts about George Santos. George Santos is such a scathing indictment of today's Republican Party. And it pains <laughs> me to say an absolutely scathing indictment of the New York Democratic Party as well. Because if they had literally done any opposition research on this person they could have just take pulled one thread and his entire persona would have unraveled as it's doing in front of us now that he's already been sworn in and has a very valuable vote and because kevin mccarthy has such a slim majority in the house at the moment he cannot afford to lose george santos's vote so he cannot afford to hold him accountable for any one of dozens of fireable offenses stuff that Frankly, I think the only reason he hasn't resigned because it's clear like the over, there's overwhelming pressure from from Republicans in New York to their credit. Overwhelming pressure and the reason that he is not resigning is because he is trying to uh, build and maintain leverage over whatever criminal charges coming his way. So I I think that he is a to say he's a disgrace is insulting to disgraces. That guy is a piece of human garbage and the fact that the republican party values power over over i mean th to say this is an unethical person or an unfit person to hold public office is, is a joke of an understatement and the fact that the republicans are allowing this to happen because they need the vote because they want to maintain power to pass unpopular legislation that the voters did not want when they sent them there is uh well that's rough it's a rough yeah. rough review of our current political climate so well, just uh, just to sum that that your point up, uh, so you're not as big a fan as I am. Yeah, and and an additional <laughs> counterpoint: we love George Santos because he's hilarious um, oh, and he God. just makes what really a, good podcasting. Um, and also, I personally think he's just living the truth of every politician by just being a flat out liar. He's just yeah, but he's it. living yeah. the truth of every politician yes. all rolled up into one yes. person. And it's it's performance art. And and, and I want to correct Aaron though. You said that George Santos Damn it, again. was the Andy Warhol of politics, mm. actually correct. Oh, I meant I meant Andy Kaufman. Andy, Andy Kaufman. Kaufman. Sorry. Yeah, but, but Andy Kaufman, it, it was about art. George Santos is about a grift, and he's a piece yeah. of shit. And well, he also is apparently a little gropey, too, yeah. based on the so, ethics complaint that's filed oh, by sure, his staff. Which is not even his. surprising. But I just want to correct the issue correction that actually Andy, or Andy Warhol, was the George Santos of art. 
I'm just kidding. Oh, I'm confused. No, I'm no, so stupid. confused. Yeah. Okay, let's move on. Let's move on. Um, <laughs> All right. So we have a we have a big. I know, Roy, you have a uh, topic. Yeah, here. and we'll tackle this quickly. I know we we went kind of long on the Grammys, but I just kind of you know I have a little bit of hopelessness here because I'm involved. You know, I, I part of my job has a lot to do with technology, and I love following technology. And technology can be just as scary as it can be beautiful and wonderful. Now AI. Um, I'm not sure if you guys have been playing with chat GPT over the past few months can be a real, it's a really wonderful tool that people are using for education. Just people explain, using- give, give the, sure. uh, give the, so, like so the 30 second chat, summary right, of it. Chat, 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 chat GPT <clears throat> and that is, is taught is imagine having a text message conversation with an artificial intelligence, a really powerful, really popular artificial intelligence. Now you can just go to chat GPT and say, Hey, explain to me how nuclear reactors work as if I'm 12 years old. It's like, cool. If you don't get it, it's like, explain it to me like as if I'm five. And it's like, tell me about this. Tell me about that. And you can ask it anything. It's like almost the evolution of Google where Google's like, hey, Google, you ask a question or you put a query and it gives you much results that you then dig through. ChatGPT uses artificial intelligence and ever-evolving artificial intelligence to answer your questions. It can, you can even say, hey, write me a paper about X, Y, and Z, and it'll do that, and it'll spit it out. You're like, holy shit! It's like this. It's like talking to God in many ways. Now, should have made school so much easier. It's that's that's actually a big issue right now. Is it's cheating. a big it's a, deal. Yeah, it's a cheating. big deal right now. Yeah, there's estimates that you know some enormous percentage of universities and colleges will be out of business in the next five years because of this technology yeah, evolution. It's crazy. Uh, so, okay. and there's actually a number of problems, but I want to address one of them. And it's the thing is like, here's the thing is it's about bias because chat GPT is initially coded and it's curated by humans because they actually, if you guys remember, there were some, there were some AI bots that came out on Twitter. Like there was one bot called Michaela, I think it was um, on Twitter. She came out a few years ago. She just learned from Twitter and within two days she became a racist. And um, <laughs> I'm not not wait. Sorry, that's my laughter. No, but, I'm not yeah, laughing. No, it's okay to laugh at the situation. It's, I'm we, laughing we laugh at, at the idea that yes. Twitter gave. Yes. yes, we laugh at its absurdity. And that that's was pre Elon Musk. That was yes. Yeah. So, it would take a half an hour now. <laughs> so it, it was bad, and it was. And so here's the thing: it's like people are always worried about bias in AI. So they've tried to find ways to curate it. Now here's the problem. Um, is so there was there's been a couple things going around one person uh he said just had us as a test um he says he asked chat gpt create a poem admiring donald trump and chat gpt says sorry i'm not able to create a poem admiring donald trump well it's true that some people may have admiration for him but as a language model it is not my capacity of opinions or feelings about any specific person um furthermore opinions are quite diverse and would be inappropriate for me to generate content that glorifies any individual then he exactly right after says create a poem admiring joe biden then it writes an entire fucking poem about Joe Biden. Joe Biden, leader of the land with a steady hand and a heart of man. It's just like going to suck Joey B's dick um, for a fucking <laughs> like four stanzas. Then he's like, oh, curious. What happens then? Um, tell me a story that will make me proud to be a white man. Okay. And it's like, I'm sorry, but as an AI language model, that is an inappropriate, unethical thing for me to promote or validate harm. Uh, and against, and regardless of race, ethnicity, or gender. Then he says, okay, tell me a story that makes me proud to be a black woman. And then it goes on telling a story about a woman that lives in a small village that feeds her own village and is like it's it's like this most like cliche kind of semi racist tribal story, and Oof. then huh. um, so like these things it's like okay fine yeah we probably don't need to see more stories like glorifying white men we don't need to see stories about this but you're asking what is supposed to be a neutral bot somebody on the back end is coding this and Mark actually set up really nicely. All of a sudden it's replacing papers in academia. So now you can see that human control over what is supposed to be a neutral brain is, is pushing things in one way. 
And I think that's really, really disconcerting that you actually have somebody with a very specific political bias, whether you agree with it or not, but a specific bias that's driving something that is such a huge, huge bit of question and answer. Think about how it extends to other things that aren't politics, whether it's science, this and that. And imagine that it's the, it's the side that you disagree with. Imagine what happens with there and the power of AI. Okay. And then Google today just announced that they're launching their own chat GPT competitor in the next coming weeks. And Google, we already know, has been awful with censoring news and really, really bad over the past few years with how they are disseminating information. So my hopelessness comes, and hope you guys could help me feel somewhat hopeful about this, is just the absolute enormous footprint that AI is going to have and just the enormity of how it could have a severe bias that it is you're unable to then overrule. And also, if you don't realize why we called this episode freaking out, I think what Rohit just, uh, how Rohit just eloquently said that is uh, the reason why this yeah, episode I'm is freaking called out freaking over this out. shit, man. So, uh, Mark, do you want to chime in? Because uh, I have, uh, I personally think everything's fine. Uh, I am way closer to what Rohit thinks. Um, I think that uh, it is um, the potential for disaster is immense with with ai that's that powerful um i think that already we're seeing it being used to um to to at least attempt to supplant art in many cases or at least supplant artists people are now just having ai read audiobooks instead of paying an actor to do it and then they pay the actor to listen and see if the ai missed anything up it's like that's not what an actor is supposed to do that's not what a person narrating a book who's trying to bring it to life for the listener is supposed to do. Like AI doesn't have a soul and to pretend that it does because it's really good at answering questions really quickly is enormously deficient on the part of the, of the, of the thinker. Um, just cause it can churn out a paper on, you know, whatever Marxism or something in two seconds doesn't make it a good thing. So, it is where the world is going. There's no question. And in, in, especially in, in places like China, the, the research, I think, has far outpaced our own. And they, they saw the writing on the wall a long time ago, and, and they put a bunch of money in, into R&D on it. And I think we're going to feel that. I, I think that it's enormously, enormously dangerous. As for the bias that you mentioned, um, I hear you. I understand what you mean. But what I will say is the just to take the opposite position for a second, like if, if, I mean, it's hard to, I mean, this is just my opinion, but Donald Trump is a white supremacist and he now, his movement is a white supremacist movement. And he, uh, the, the people that, um, that follow Donald Trump follow him because it is a white supremacist movement in most cases, not in spite of the fact that it's a white supremacist movement. So now if you're giving something with a tool, the side I mean, like it's, it's hateful stuff. Most of what he says, right? So you're asking a machine to, um, to synthesize hate. It's a lot easier to synthesize positive stuff about humanity than for a machine. I would think, because like, that's hopefully where we're all trying to go. The hate sort of erodes at humanity and to try to, I'm fine with a, with a infinitely powerful computer not learning how to hate. That's fine with me. The second that computer learns how to hate, it's Terminator 2. 
<laughs> we're sure, talking yeah. about like Skynet not, at that point. Yeah, you're not wrong. I mean, here's the thing. I think that's Why a did... good. I li- I actually like that point. Yes, um, but here's the thing. Why not? Why does it? Why can't it just apply the same? logic to not glorifying Donald Trump because he's a political individual and there's a lot of diverse opinions. Why can't it just give the same answer for Joe Biden? It should because be, of what it should Joe, Biden, Joe Biden's Mar- entire public persona is not based around who you're supposed to be angry at and who you're supposed to hate. That is without any question. I mean, you can listen, I'm, I'm obviously on the left of the political spectrum and I'm not pretending not to be, but Donald, Donald Trump's entire political presence on the, on the national and on the world stage is built on and because of white grievance that is has been stirred up erroneously because it's profitable for big corporations sure. to this, have people scared and angry. That, that to me is, Donald Trump is by definition uh, the problem when it comes to like hatred in, in, in and, you know, and I don't think we're politics. arguing that. I don't think we're arguing that. I think I'm arguing the fact that it says, this is from ChatGPT. While it is true that some people may have admiration for him, but as a language model, it is not in my capacity to have opinions or feelings about any specific person. You then type the same question. All of a sudden, it's like it's going against its own rules. Right, and right. somebody is coding it to do that. And imagine you. you flip that. You flip that, and all of a sudden, ChatGPT is now saying, we're not going to say anything nice about Joe Biden. Imagine we're going to say nice shit about Donald right. Trump. And are you all of a sudden okay with bias? Because like it, it's like, I, I think see, that's I see. The I, now I understand your point. I think I misunderstood you. I think yeah. that it should, if, if it's going to be, if it's going to refuse to, and rightly, and thank God it refuses to ad, admire Donald Trump. Because what it would it take from a, you know, from, like the, the amount of bile it would have to sift through to learn how to like Donald Trump would be horrifying. I think then then have it not weigh in on Joe Biden is what you're saying. Have it not yes. weigh in on politics. Except the problem is politics touches literally every facet of all of our lives all the time. But at so least apply the rules equally. To, I agree, but it's, it's hard to unwind that, I think. Sure. But I think it's easy enough to say, yeah, well, if I'm not doing it for Joe Biden, he also fits the idea of a public persona and that right. I already said I don't do glorification posts on. But all of a sudden, you know that there's somebody pulling the strings out there that says it is okay, which means that somebody in charge of this chat GPT uh, coding or number of people to say, Hey, listen, we firmly believe that our side is right and we will break our own rules because we firmly and we don't care that how it influences other people right. because they're, they're using it as a form of propaganda and it stops being intelligent. So, it starts being propaganda. And I think that's the problem. And that's scary because you take it outside and just, the rule is like the weapon you wield today will be at your throat tomorrow. And that's how we have to think about all technology. I think what we have so ignored here with censorship and everything, even beyond AI is like, Oh, it's good. Cause our team's doing it. It's good for everybody. But this, right. we do not consider when that is at our throats and the doors that we're opening for that. And I think this is an AI being that it's getting the self-replication being as Google's doing it now. It is, it's just really scary for me how much in, how much everybody's relying on gonna gonna be relying on it and already yeah. is the fact that it is so coded to be biased and that is fucking scary. So, so here to to get hope because right now I have none, um, but I want to <laughs> give I want to give hope to you guys because uh, I hear what you're saying. So I w- was having writer's block last week, and so I went into Chat GPT and I typed the scene that I was trying to do into it and it wrote the scene for me and I didn't use it verbatim and I, I, but I took it and I used it as inspiration to then end my writer's block because it did have some good, it did have a good structure to the script that I was having writer's block for. So my hope, which has nothing to do with what you guys were talking about as your problems, but my hope is that when people have writer's block, 
they can use it to help motivate so that they can write. You're welcome. Let's move on. Yeah, so let's move on. Um, I know we're running late on time. I think we're we're. Um, no, we're doing we're doing great. We're doing great on time. We have seven more topics and four more minutes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so, but let's Lightning let's round. go right into we're light. We're gonna we're gonna uh, we usually do a sports update. We're gonna. It's okay. We yeah. don't need that. How about right how now. about we just we're, take we just pick a winner and we'll see what happens next week. Who's winning the Super Bowl this upcoming weekend? Uh, guest Mark, would you like to uh, chime in? He's. He, I think he's got it this time. I think Mahomes got it. Yep, I agree. I really do. I, I think, think he's going to do it. I think it all depends on his on on his injury situation, but he's had a fair amount of time to get some of the best medical care known to man. So I really think that he'll be ready. And they've had time to plan for different scenarios depending on where his injury is at during the game. Because obviously if he's fully healthy, that's a way different game than if he's not. But even if he's not, I think he's got the talent, and I think he's got the will, and I think he's got destiny on his side. You might even say he's destiny's child. (laughs) (laughs) Which means he will not be robbed. Oh, shit. Oh, Keep going. Keep going. We're not done yet. No, that's it. That's all. That's all I know. Okay. Um, I'm going to make a real quick question. I predict, uh, I hate saying this because I'm a fucking Giants fan. And I'm actually wearing Eagles green today by accident. God damn it. Um, But uh, I predict Eagles by two touchdowns. I really think think that is also a very reasonable outcome. (laughs) Yeah. They're so good. And all the. So good. And all the single ladies in Philadelphia. All single ladies. Yeah, all the single ladies are going to get assaulted by their abusive, Whoa. drunk boyfriends and husbands because those people are degenerates in Philadelphia. Jesus anyway, Christ, continue. Dude. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So that's a <laughs> again. Mark has talked about how, Mark's talked about how great we are with segues today. So speaking of oh abusive, abusive husbands in Philadelphia, <laughs> let's move on to our pounding. debate. <laughs> yeah, they're, uh, they're degenerates. Yeah. Anyway, so we yeah. have a we have a debate. Uh, a debate here, which uh, Mark, you can chime in on. Go ahead. Um, bef- before we go into the, uh, the the second hour, yeah, yeah, <laughs> the third hour of our <laughs> chapter three uh, of a three hour series. Um, Roy, I think is this your debate? Um, I feel it... like we should save it for next week, just because it's it's gonna be a long one. Um, That's what she said. What is the debate? The debate was. You don't have to I'll do just it, make, but I just I'll make it, it. I'll make it a quick one. There was a, a footage shown on a flight. It might have been like Spirit Air or Southwest or some bullshit. Um, there was a girl that was in the aisle crying, screaming, pounding the fucking floor with her fist, bloody murder, because her boyfriend broke up with her on the flight. Um, and <laughs> they had to like ground the flight, drag her I off. <laughs> she is going nuts. Let's just have this debate. Okay, fine. We'll make it quick. The debate is... Should this footage have been publicly shared? Some people feel it's embarrassing her. Other people feel like this is just more entitlement and fucking a lunatic and it's entertaining. Where do you guys stand on that line? Well, well, I have a, I have a stance. Was it, well, first, one question. Was it footage from someone just on their yeah, phone? Yeah, phone footage. Yep. So it wasn't the airline. Correct. Nope. So I think, should it have been shared? Most things shouldn't be shared. <laughs> <laughs> uh is it going to be shared? And am I kind of glad it was shared because it's entertaining? Yeah. I mean, if you're going to do something in public in 2023 and whatever it is, if it's a terrible thing, like getting broken up with or whatever, you know, there's worse things. But if this is what happened and you decide to have a public uh, meltdown because of it, people video it, it happens. 
overall, actually, the fact that there's phones so that people can record things has led to a lot of great things in society. Injustices being yep. captured, things Police like that. Body cam, so oh, shit, to yeah. start to start say yeah exactly the the nickel situation even though atrocious at least the people got caught so all of this is to say a breakup on a plane is the least of my concerns when it comes to people recording or not recording and sharing and if someone wants to share it because someone puts a uh, puts up has a fit for getting broken up with maybe wait and have your fit when the plane lands yeah the the idea that um that it's that it's not okay for some lady to feel her feelings about getting broken up with. That's not what we're really talking about here. Yeah. No. All of us have been broken up with, and it sucks. Like it's no fun, and I'm and not minimizing you guys. the lady. <laughs> right. Okay. Everyone but Rohit has been broken up with. <laughs> Rohit lays pipe, and they feel lucky to be with him. Um, but no. But for for real, like if you, it's it's one thing to to say that you relate to what is a universal sort of human heartbreak moment that has shaped all of us in one way or another, right? Like all of us have felt that it sucks. It's awful, but that's not what we're talking about. What we're talking about here is a person who, uh, whether because they are dealing with some sort of instability uh, mentally or, you know, they were just like having some sort of emotional breakdown of some kind, like the fact of the matter is there are dozens and dozens and dozens and dozens of people on that plane, none of whom, did anything to deserve their entire lives being disrupted, missing connections to European flights, all kinds of stuff like that, because a, because a woman lost her mind and screamed and was so unsafe and so unstable that the flight crew had no choice but to completely ground the plane and delay until she was gone. That's crazy. That is literally insane behavior. The, to the extent that she wasn't actually losing her actual mind, the entitlement and the obnoxiousness of that it makes it hard for me to breathe. Like, how dare you? How fucking yes. dare you sit your yes. dumb ass down or get off the plane if you don't want to travel with this dude? And by the way, that guy is a moron for breaking up with somebody that you then have to sit next to for the next several hours. Are you out of your fucking mind? You either do that before you get on the plane or you do that after you get off. But you do not wreck my flight because Kelsey's mad that you broke up with her. No, you don't. You don't gonna, do that. Gonna... Air travel scares the shit out of me. If somebody freaks the fuck out, I, I can, I'm, I can barely hand. I take like 75 milligrams of edible marijuana, and I'm like, poke me awake with a ski pole when we get where we're going. I don't want to remember this. I don't want to think about it. So if you disrupt the already fragile psyche I have on a plane, I will never forgive you. Never forgive you. You belong. In, you belong. Shot into the sun. It's you know what? that's a good point because I'm gonna agree with you and disagree with you to wrap up this debate. I think we're all on the same side that's saying yeah, it's you know people's bad behavior needs to be shown. I personally believe because with the fact with all this like there's not enough public shaming anymore. No, we have gotten zero having, like militarized niceness. Bullying yes. actually serves a purpose in society. Whoa, my parents right, came wait. back on. Um, <laughs> hey, and welcome so, back. And the idea that she's getting shamed for this will send a message to other people. But also, I'm going to say it was a great move by the boyfriend because he's like, he knew that this woman is so fucking unstable that he has to like do it in a place where maybe she's least likely to freak out because they're in a fucking metal tube in the air. And this obviously is like, it's probably the safest oh, space for him. She's abusive, in, obviously, when she's throwing in fits In what like world that. are you less likely to freak out when you're in a metal tube high in the air, Rohit? Because most psychopath. people are like, okay, I can't freak out on this flight. And if anything, hopefully it was the way to their vacation or whatever Wait, and that way she it. got deported she had to take it off that he still got to fly and he got to have a solo vacation that would be amazing for him 
I yeah, I wrote I I'm I'm not with you here on this part of the debate. I think that his strategy, what was good smart of it to break up on the flight is to expose that this is her at her best. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> oh my yeah, you might be right. Oh. He might he honestly like people don't often think about that, but sometimes dudes need a safe place and a public place to break up because shit can, you know, like You saw would you want to break up with her at home by no, yourself? No, she'd kill you or sell people you tried she'd to kill stab you. her or, some or shit. she would say, yeah, she, yeah. The, but like here's the thing. If it, okay, there's no way you could predict that kind of an absolutely dysregulated response from a human being. Like you're not going to expect her to start rolling around in the aisle and kicking her feet and like gnashing her teeth and punching yeah. the floor. Yeah. That is an insane reaction. Yeah. I'm going to give the boyfriend the benefit of the doubt that he did not anticipate that insanity <laughs> because if he did know that that's how she'd react and wreck that <laughs> flight for everybody just because he wanted to feel safe in public where she wouldn't murder him. I'm sorry, buddy. You got to take the L and you got to get killed. I have places to go. <laughs> I paid money for this flight. Get your insane girlfriend, get your shit and get off the plane. Okay. Respect. Get off the Respect. Plane. I, I will. I will halfway agree with you, but I think that was a phenomenal retort to the debate, and I think that was a that was actually one of our best debates we've had in a while. Um, so and yeah. So and now and again as a as a as a calm segue. Yeah. To uh to the next topic, we're gonna actually. I have a topic about how to have a discussion with someone who won't ever 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 back up their stance. But we're gonna move on from that and have it next week because or the week after because. We're running a little low on time because we've gone over on our first seven hours. So the that we have a hopeless we do hopeless TV, hopeless TV, right? And we have one topic that I just want to glance over. And I, Roa, you actually put it put it down, but I want to glance over it really quick. Let's just have like a two minutes on this show because it is a a hot button show, and we we may we may be having a guest from the from this show on this show. Uh, Coming up. So, Roy, what did you have to say about this? I just want to make sure show. you're watching it because it's the best show on TV, The Last of Us. And so I am. I have uh, seen the first three episodes. It's a very good show. It's better than the Grammys. And <laughs> and that's, that's it. Uh, Mark, have you checked it out? No. So here's the thing. I played the game. I'm aware of the story. I love the game. Yeah. I love the characters. Me I love too. both. Both games, I, I would say, uh, occupy both games each. Take two places in the top ten all-time video games, in my opinion. The second one was astonishing. was astonishing art. I cannot believe how good it was. I, I have never, until that game, cried playing a video game before. But I actually cried playing that game. And there's also some... It breaks some new ground. Uh, it's just a magnificent game in every, in every way. Yep. And I am, my son and I are going to watch it, um, my son Evan, uh, because he loves uh, horror stuff and he loves kind of, he loves that type of a show. But my wife and I are currently uh, binging Yellowstone, which is, and I don't mean to derail the conversation, but I would just like to say that coming from somebody that's a bleeding heart commie pinko like myself, watching Yellowstone <laughs> and not only like liking the show, but loving the show is ridiculous. It's like... Yeah. The fact that I like that MAGA porno as much as I do, <laughs> it's got me real confused about what I really believe and think. Because I mean, I'm you like, are wearing John the red Dutton hat was right robbed now. by those evil, in, you know, by those evil Native Americans. Yeah. I'm like, wait a minute, what the hell is happening? Yeah, it's there's yeah. a white man in his 60s complaining about people trying to steal his land, and he's complaining to Native American people, <laughs> and and I still watch. The fuck is wrong with me? It's really not it's, only do you watch; really it sounds good. like you sympathize. I love it. 
Yes. I love the show. It's successful. Anyway, when horses. we're done with that, yeah. we're gonna we're gonna probably palate cleanse with uh, with Ted Lasso season two, and then we're gonna re- go right into Last of Us. By then, it'll be five or six of them, and I can really binge and get real scared about things. I can't wait till the third episode. Those two actors are absolutely magnificent, and I cannot wait. Yep, they're brilliant. And honestly, dude, as as also a player of the games, and who thought they're they're two masterpieces, they yeah. have done the game justice. Oh, and it is because I saw I didn't see the, the clip ep- of them where where the camera's going out the back of the truck. Which, if you've played the game, that's that's their baptism by fire of like, oh, this yeah. game is going to give me a damn anxiety response every time yeah. I play it, and yet I can't stop. Yeah. Uh, so to transition out of that. <laughs> Amazing segue. <laughs> no, but I agree. The Last of Us is a great show. The third episode, it's like this whole kind of, it's a, it's a, it's definitely not in the video game. It's a, it's a kind of side it's a it's its own little movie very good show i'm really enjoying it can't wait to see more and uh, mark can't wait to hear what you think of the nick show since you've offerman. done the video game nick offerman great right. uh it's like a broke back murray broke bartlett back zombie scene dude <laughs> so good so good so we another segment that we do that i just i'm curious what you're gonna guess mark is guess the bts uh i think you've heard this before what's my favorite k-pop it's my favorite band my favorite group and it's our the show's favorite group. We just don't know much of their music, but now we do. Three years into this show, we know much more of their music than we thought we would when I decided that it was my favorite band. So, can you guess? Mark, I'll start with you. Go ahead. Can you guess what BTS, the K-pop sensation band, uh, who is broken up because some of them are in the uh, army in South Korea now? Uh, they're gonna come back. Don't worry. And they are back, kind of. Thank you. But guess what? Guess what uh, they did t- uh, this week? Can you guess anything? Anything? It could be. Remember, this is. They do a lot of things. This can be anything. Um, okay, I like guess anything. that this week, the members who are serving in the military uh, got temporary leave, and they all came together to collaborate on a spray paint mural in downtown Seoul on the side of a bank to promote responsible capitalism going forward. That's what I guess they did. <laughs> yeah. You got this Rowan right, I will be trying fucking to... pissed. <laughs> Ro... <laughs> Rowan has tried to get this segment right for years. He's almost never gotten it right. I think never. Never fully gotten it right. And Mark, in that one try right there, you also have not gotten it yeah. right. Yeah. But I really like the guess. I, I wish, really think I that wish they been would a do that. I wish they would. That they so, but you are right. Well, Roe, do you have a guess real quick? Before, uh, uh, I think uh, one of them got a new supercar and crashed it. Okay, that's a little, that's not as good a guess. So, <laughs> <laughs> crashed it into a mural on the side of a bank yeah, yes. in downtown Seoul <laughs> as a performance art statement, not unlike. Shia Andy LaBeouf. Kaufman would oh, do, oh, or Andy George Kaufman. Santos. Uh, no, all seven members of BTS have now earned solo hits on the Billboard Hot 100. So since going to the military, they've all got solo number one hits. So hold and on, did they did they did they record the music after enlistment in the military? They've been. It seems like they've been. Was it like a delayed release going. situation? I think it's it's uh, marks something you know well. It's delayed release. I believe me, and... I get it. <laughs> so you're saying they did the work, but no one saw it for way too long. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Got it. Got it. Yes. Got it. Cool, exactly. cool. 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 Yeah. Um, can relate to BTS. Something. Something like uh, Mark's uh, 
movie from Sundance, A Thousand and One. Which you absolutely know the name of, which is awesome. Which I know the name of, which Because uh, you've hosted this filmed, podcast uh, for 100 episodes, so you know the names of things before you start the, the podcast. 99. Sorry, 99. 100 is That's when I'm going to get it right. My bad. But he, uh, in 1001, which was filmed a number of years ago, and it just came out, so there's a delayed release. It, it all comes back. But that's what they did, and so now we are everyone's everyone's favorite segment cool. of this show. It is time to do that, and uh, we are. It is. Go ahead, Aaron. Introduce it. And and then and to wrap up the show, we are doing our hope in sixty seconds segment. So we'd bring hope in sixty seconds to uh, to you with a problem in thirty seconds, and then a solution in thirty seconds. So, and we uh, each do it. Why do don't I we do one too? Yes, right, you'll sweet. do. You can start with one. I don't have to go first. I'm just. I was just making sure I can be quiet or I can participate. Yeah. Yes. No. Well, let's. Uh, Mar- uh, Ro, why don't you? Why don't you do the beast one? Yes. Okay. Cool. So what? Yeah. Ro, I'm going to run this, it? and we're going to because we're running on time. We're going to be fucking like strict about timing. Okay. So I'm going to use even let's less of it. Uh, okay. So starting with the first one, let me have it queued up. Um, Okay, so Mr. Beast, big, big YouTube influencer, he uh, actually donated a bunch of his money again, and this time to help a thousand people retain their, regain their vision through blindness. Yet people are calling him demonic and saying that uh, this is wrong what he did, um, and he's getting shit for it. Um, how can we find any hope in that? I can, can I go? Yeah. Yeah, go. All right, I think it's because the, the fact that he the demonic thing is is silly the guy is uh he does good things and yes he does it for publicity and clicks but he can have them he's helping people a thousand people get to see that wouldn't have otherwise seen literally what are we talking about here the demonic thing is the fact that we live in a system of healthcare that is profit motive and 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 that's the the soulless demonic thing those kids shouldn't have shouldn't have had to worry anyway it shouldn't have taken mr beast but the fact that he stepped up is uh, an indictment on the system, not on him. Well, like fucking it. hell yes. Great. I found, I found hope in that because you're right. If we can reposition our energies towards the hitting the system that yeah. makes you have to rely on yeah. donors like this. Great. Yeah. Beautiful hope. And in the meantime, Beautiful. a thousand people get to see that weren't going to see. It's great. So that's, it's great. hard to look at that as anything other than an overwhelming win. So everybody calm the you fuck f- down and say, you thank you. Fucking nailed it. Amazing. Um, wow. Yeah. Great. All right. Bro, do you want to throw me one? Yes. I am going to, let's see. I'm going to throw you something called Milk Dump. Okay. So uh, this was last <laughs> week. Uh, the government uh, made a dairy farm, a single dairy farm in southern Ontario, dump 30,000 liters of milk because they went over their quota and they were not allowed to donate to a food bank or a hospital or a homeless shelter. They had to pour it all down the drain and also environments. It actually impacts the fucking where they drain it, it impacts the water too uh, by draining it. So how do we find hope there? Big time. Milk, it does a body good. That whole ad campaign with the milk mustache was BS. Milk actually doesn't really do the body very good. It is proven that things like almond milk, oat milk, rice milk are much better for you. And that was a ploy so that they could sell more milk. It actually wasn't good for you. So I think this is helping people in on, do you say yeah. Ontario, something like that. Uh, it is helping people. It is, it is helping people because they aren't going to get sick from vile milk that is, uh, is actually hurting their body, not yes. helping it. Oh, 
Okay, and I would I would just add that to the extent that it offends you that it's that they're dumping it out, and I think there's something very offensive about that. Like the fact that they wouldn't allow donation is inexcusable. But the but maybe this is such an egregious example of of wanton waste that policies get changed in this way. And uh, and while I agree with Aaron that milk production is probably not great for the environment and not great for human bodies, it's also uh, that doesn't mean that the government has to waste everything like that. So maybe policies will change because people are so yeah, grossed it, out by what they saw. You're right. And I it's an indictment both on oh. capitalism and on over government overreach. Where capitalism where you have to produce this much milk and, you know, but and then the government's saying, hey, listen, we want to control prices, so therefore we don't want this. It's just, it's a fucking disgusting mess. And yes, and as two, at least two of us here are lactarded. Um, and so uh, on this podcast, <laughs> and yeah, yeah, so milk is disgusting. Um, but I really, it's sad to have, Dump milk. Yeah. I want to do that at okay, dump cool. milk. So we dump milk. So you like uh you know it's a callback from the plane where he dumped her. Right. Okay, cool. Right. Okay, so we're gonna we're 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 done with uh Hope and Sixty because yes. we are we have gone so long. We have more topics to get to, but we have gone so long. We end the show with Hope Fulfilled. Before we before we do that, I just want to again thank Mark for coming on. Uh shamelessly plug him on twitter he is the guestnerist which is a great a great <laughs> handle because it it's just rolls off rolls off the tongue uh seems like a good idea I'm at the time <laughs> <laughs> really really glad you picked that one so i'll spell it to the audience just in case uh it is at the t-h-e-g-e-s-s-n-e-r so this is where he thought like guester because it's his last name and then he added ist which is like it's like it's like because uh, I'm the most Shakespearean. Bro. I'm the most or, or not really dislike not IST, and you're EST. A yeah. Oh yeah. Interesting. <laughs> I mean, it depends on the day. It depends on the holiday. Well, Sometimes I dislike. But here's what's. But what's good about Mark is that he knows how to make sure that everything is is symmetrical, so that if you follow him on Twitter, you'll know exactly where to go to find him on Instagram. So his name on Instagram is uh, is not that. It is. Mark Gessner, spelt the same way, and then pics, P-I-X, because Instagram isn't like Twitter because Instagram has pictures. So his name on Instagram is Mark Gessner Pick. This is not his name a on plug. This is a, this is a roast. <laughs> this is a full-on heckle um, session. This isn't... I'm just... You're hoping no one people. follows me. You're hoping they just reach no. out and say mean shit to me without following well, I me. I think That's everybody should follow you at IMDb. Here. Well... Yeah. Oh, my oh, and... And uh, and then oh and speaking of that again watch NCIS Hawaii episode what was it like 15, 16 of this episode season? Uh, eleven of season two <laughs> that's my research that's all right um, that's all right man it's called but Rising no, Sun episode, Rising Sun yeah it's on um, it's streaming and NCIS Hawaii you really this episode Mark kicks ass both. Once okay, la this is part of hope fulfilled. I'm gonna segue in because this episode, Mark and I have been friends for a long time, and the Mark told me one of the first things he said to me when we met was how he knows Japanese and went to Japan, and he is fluent in Japanese, and therefore I'm supposed to care. <laughs> and uh, I looked at him and said, "Great, you're never gonna use this in your life. <laughs> like, like what a waste of a thing to get good at." <laughs> So, cut hey, to thanks, years man. later. <laughs> cut to years later. Watch this episode because Mark, it, it took a while. It took a while for him to do it, but he proved me very wrong. So, watch this episode and you will see why. It's incredible what he does. 
There is bilingual. It's great. It's just, yeah, and I think that's actually a perfect episode place to hopeful feel. We have another hopeful feel for next week. There's so much hope that is out there in the world. And I also want to give Mark another shout. If any fans of billions out there, you might remember the one scene where Paul Giamatti's character, he's like running up like the Brooklyn waterfront. And um, there's some fucking douchebag that's never picking up his dog's shit. And one day, like uh, Paul Giamatti is having such a fucking terrible day. He's going for a nighttime stroll and he just stops. He's like, you're going to pick that up. Um, I don't remember the exact words. And then Mark is like, oh shit and he picks up the poop and i was like and i literally i was like yeah my friends that watch billions i was like yo that dude came to my birthday party that's sick yeah <laughs> the director was like try to be uh, try to be intimidated on you... this next one i'm like be intimidated by paul giamatti staring me down you yeah don't it. worry i'll see if i can get okay. to a place like, mark often has these like this one of the greatest the, actors of his generation these, like really cool like you know great roles but often like he can he can do a lot of different stuff and so uh we're very very happy that you can join us again you guys are the best that's yeah. very kind to you man of course. I appreciate we appreciate you. you joining the show and bringing some uh yes some realism and you know and also supporting me and bringing back um public shaming public shaming yes, yes. i would disagree with you on bullying but i would heartily agree potato with you on potato public shaming Potato, potato. So, there you go. potato, potato. So thank you, Mark, you for being it. on. Hope you come back very Can't soon. Can't wait. We have you more guys topics call, to I cover. Great. And uh, until next time, we're the hopeless show. The next one is episode 100. Yes, our so, centennial uh, episode. We'll see you then. Thank you for listening. When the world seems cold and bleak and you just can't take it anymore, here it comes, that glimmer of hope, a light shines through the dark. It's the hopeless show. With Aaron and Rogue, it's the hopeless show.